no better way to get better at football than playing football. So, like, you know. Taylor's going to finish it! I've always been confident in my abilities. I think, you know, I'm a guy that can go out there and I always believe in myself that I'm going to get open and, and make the play if they throw me the ball. The third. Ryan, end zone shot for Pierce. He caught it! Oh, what a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, what up, man? If you're on YouTube, please ring that bell with the subscribe button. Don't forget to give us a like and comment below throughout the video with your thoughts. It's the best way to support us, guys, and it's completely free. All right. Hey Jamal, you saw uh, <laughs> you saw Will Levis's pro day. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it out there slinging the rock. Jeez, uh, yeah, he might be the next quarterback for the Colts. Right? He made little, some bombs out there. A little quick release action. Zero, zero coverage. Nobody rushing him. Yeah, looks good. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm gonna be a realist real quick. Will Levis might be on tap though when late April comes around. So I'm still trying to figure him out. Uh, what's gonna be crazy? It. I don't think this actually happens, but if it does. <laughs> If Levis ends up being the best quarterback out this draft class with the amount of hate that's been on him, that would be wild. It would be. I think we only had one scout there, so I don't know how much interest, you know, the the Colts have in him. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, if it was more than one scout. Uh, We didn't bring the entire front office like the Panthers did for C.J. Stroud on Ohio State's pro day. Mm -hmm. He was dapping everybody up, Frank Rudge, off the ground. (laughs) Jim Caldwell, that was crazy. So if, if that, I don't know. To me, CJ Stroud's their guy. Florida's pro day is March 30th. Excited to see Anthony Richardson, uh, Richardson out there. So we'll we'll really see. But yeah, did, think, did, but didn't uh, Levis say he has like a meeting with the team here soon? So maybe that's why they didn't have a lot of people. Top there. 30 visit. Yeah. yeah. So they'll they'll get through 30 players. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It, you know they're doing that for Hendon Hooker, I think, too. Anthony Richard, they're, they're doing yeah. that with everybody. So yeah, uh, to me that doesn't really mean much. For sure, we'll we'll see. I want to see AR out there, and then we're like less than we're probably about three weeks away, man. I know it's exciting, or maybe exciting. a month. Yeah, it's it, it's gonna be fun. Look, in today's main segment, we are gonna dive into what two position groups have the most improvement. Shane Steichen's first year, he needs the most improvement. No, not just to the coaching staff, to us, Colts Nation. What, who, who needs to prove themselves this year? Comment below which groups you think have the most to prove this coming season. Jamal, which group you want to start out with first? Which two? Which two have the most to prove, man? Any, mini, mighty, mo, catch the Colts by their toe. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to go with probably the the O line and the wide receivers. Okay. I'll okay, which so. one we start out with first? Start with the O line. O line. So you can go ahead and mute your mic because I got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> the offensive lineman. Yeah, there, there's Offense. a lot to talk about with this group. Talk to him. It's a whole lot. We're going to start off by taking it from this quote. Uh, well, I shouldn't say this quote, but this article title. PFF ranks the Colts as having the NFL's 10th best offensive line entering 2022. That article was written on June the 13th, 2022. What happened in the coming weeks? A whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) That was crazy. Now, you know, of course, we dropped. I think the two years before that, we had a top two offensive line, yada, yada, yada. 
Uh, but that's just wild to think that we went from number 10 to, I don't know, what, arguably the worst um, in the league. So it's just to kick it off top. You know, there are a lot of expectations for the Colts' upcoming season. Ownership has a lot of expectations from the GM, new head coach, and the players. The GM has a lot of expectations for the head coach and players. Players got expectations from the GM, the head coach, and ownership. And the head coach, of course, has expectations for all of them as well. Um, so, like I said, I think it boils down to the offensive line. Uh, what, this year, I think we started off, or we went through, what, five changes this year. We allowed 60 sacks. Um, shares at, at one point, oh, boy. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Every, I mean, you know, it's just like, well, we trust this person. Three weeks later, no, nah, we don't trust him. We're going to put this person in. We trust this person. Nah, a couple weeks later, we won't trust him no Trying more. Trying everything out. No, nothing everything. was working, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I, I, I don't understand it, but they had, to, they had to try to figure something out, right? Oh, yeah, I know. And, and it's funny because Ballard, you know, he said oh, things didn't happen as planned. Uh, he thought that Kelly Smith and Nelson would absorb, absorb the other two missing positions. Um, and we all know that it didn't work. I mean, we were trying to absorb a, a left tackle and a right guard. Yeah. And, you know, if he would have said that in 2022 before the season started, I might have been on board. I might have been like, yeah, man, Big Q, Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith. Yeah, they are. They are stalwarts. They're they're so good. They, mm-hmm. they probably will because that's mm-hmm. the majority of the offensive line. But, yeah. That experiment did not go out well. No, 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 no. And, you know, and I I got to say, I mean, he he tried to ride it so the wheels fell off. Um, he did. He tried to stick to his guns. But at some point, you got to step to reality. You know it's not working. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to anybody else. Just go ahead and, and accept defeat and move forward. Um, because I, I think that was one big issue that we ran into was it was just still the continuous, well, we can we can still get it together. We can get it together. No matter what, we'll figure it out. And it just it just bit us in the ass the entire season. And it only got worse. Well, I shouldn't say it only got worse. They really hit rock bottom and it stepped up a little bit in the back half of the season. But we'll talk about that in a few. Um, according to PFF, we allowed 60 sacks, but PFF only counted 41 of those towards the O-line. Only 41. Um, 14 of those sacks were in the fourth quarter. I think we all remember the Vikings game. We all remember the Cowboys game. You know, th- these are the times where those sacks really showed the, the Patriots game, all these games where we, well, we weren't really ever in the Patriots game, but I, I just used that because that was another game where I think we allowed nine sacks that game, something crazy. So I know they were still coming in the fourth quarter. Um, so I say that I'll because, never forget that Vikings game. Sickening. I was the only one in the bar in <laughs> South Carolina with a Coles jersey, and they had that game on. Yo, I had to walk out. Damn, boy. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> I ain't ever seen something taken like oh, that before. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, that Eric, guess the last time you had more than 60 sacks in a season. Guess what year it was. Take maybe it. Just under, a random guess. Maybe under Lux, Lux time, mm. maybe. Not quite. We had a lot uh-huh. when he was here, but not quite. Last time we had more than 62 sacks was in 1997, where we had 62 sacks. Guess what happened the season after that? Guess who rolled into town? 1998, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Any correlation there, Eric? Our worst year, we're going to get a chance to get another rookie quarterback this year. Possibly a rookie quarterback this year. Um, after giving yeah. up 60 sacks. I mean, that's that's not that's not an accomplishment by any means at all. I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, I'm glad we go 60 sacks. But it's just crazy to me that the Colts gave up 62 in, in seventy or in 97, and we gave up 60 in this season. 
and we're essentially in the same position that we were in 97. Um, it's just crazy. So let's go ahead and talk about our start, our stats for 2022. Quentin Nelson, he had 17 starts. Um, I think he had a lot of bad play, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, well, I'll kind of break him down a little bit. Ryan Kelly, 17 starts. I truly believe that Ryan Kelly is not the same guy he has been over the past couple of years. Something is off. I don't know where it went wrong, but something is off. Braden Smith, tackle, 16 starts. He was the most stable force in the run and pass block, but he was penalty and sack prone. I'll break that down a little bit. Bernard Raymond, 16 games, 11 starts. The rookie tackle, who was not anticipating starting this year, but got thrown to the Wolves. He did what he had to do. Will Fries, 16 games, 9 starts. We can know how Will Fries was. He was he was a big experiment as well. Um, guard slash tackle slash Swiss Army utility knife that should have not been on the field. Dull as I don't know what. Matt Pryor, 16 games, 9 starts. We won't go down that rabbit hole with him. I've talked about him for probably 86 hours out of our podcast time, so I won't, <laughs> won't revisit that. Guard Danny Penter, your boy, 17 games, three starts. <laughs> we know what, how Danny Penter is. And then tackle Dennis Kelly, 16 games, three starts. We picked him up as kind of that last resort um, just to try to help out Raymond. So just want to give you those numbers to see how wild it's been. We have people starting all over the field. Team pass block win rate, dead last, Eric, 49%. 49% success rate, dead last. Team run block win rate, 23rd at 71% win rate. And we were really tied for that. We were only, what, 3% ahead of the bottom, which was 68%. So still god-awful, god-awful. Went from the number two run offense last year, averaging 143 yards a game, to the number 23 run offense in 2022, averaging 109 yards per game. And I know, you know, we can sit here and say, well, JT was hurt. He wasn't there, et cetera, et cetera. I, I fully agree. He was hurt, you know, but we also have weapons back there. I mean, Zach Moss, he, he came out for us, which we thought we were getting nothing for that Naheem Hines trade. I mean, he, sh- he showed up for us. I'm not saying that we can sit here and you compete. thought that. <laughs> You're right. It probably yeah. was just me, but I, I, and I still y'all stand were, <laughs> Y'all were so mad at Hines left, and look at it. It's fine. We're okay. You're right. We we were fine. We were fine. And that's why I got to sit here and still blame that on the O-line because, I mean, again, I know that none of these guys are that JT factor where they can just – they can get hit at the first level and it doesn't matter. They still take it up to the second and third level. But they did what we needed to do in the time we need. So then I want to just say, you know, of course, Raymond, he did boast the second highest pass block grade at a 71.4, according to PFF, pretty good for a rook who had to come in during the shittiest time ever and figure it out. His first game was against the Broncos. We all remember that horrific game, uh, that Thursday night game, where I think the score was like 12 to 9 or something. Um, terrible game. Ryan Kelly allowed the most sacks of his career this season at six. Not good. Quentin Nelson, five penalties and five sacks. Now, I want to just remind everybody, Five sacks in one season alone. Eric, we talked about this earlier during the season. Do you remember how many sacks he had over the course of his first four years? Like four, right? Four. And he allowed more in one season than he did his entire career, which is Yeah, we wild. did a whole episode on Big Q. Oh, yeah. his regression. And yep. I, I think it, it speaks for itself on what happened this year. It, exactly. It was just a disaster. 
Raymond, non-penalty, seven sacks. Uh, like I said, he was thrown to the wolves, but it's still not an excuse for him. I think that he's definitely grown a lot, and I'm excited to see what he does this year for us. Um, and then big Braden Smith. Like I said, he was Mr. He was Mr. Automatic Force as far as being, you know, cut and dry. But 10 penalties and seven sacks. I mean, we can't forget that. Although he was he was good on the, the run and pass block game, 10 penalties, seven sacks. That's a lot. I mean, that's that's leading the team. Yeah, I really thought Braden Smith was underrated, you mm-hmm. know, the year before. Um, yeah. he, you know, people didn't really talk about him that much, um, as much as like Big Q, maybe even Ryan Kelly, but I thought Braden Smith was really good at that right tackle position. Uh, agreed, and and I and I think that he has the ability to explode it up again because you know JT that was, some of his favorite things to do last season, or excuse me, the twenty twenty one season, was to to make that cutback right at that C gap with Braden right there and take it to the next level. Um, so I mean, it, it showed week after week that Braden could be that guy to allow JT to get six seven yards before he even got touched. Um, and so I expect to see that back again next year for him or this upcoming season for him. Um, so now I just want to do a quick little blurb on them. You know, like I said, Ryan Kelly, um, in his defense, you know, I, I, I'm not going to give him any excuses, but it was a revolving door at that right guard spot. We know that Danny Pinter, Will Fries, you know, anyone who watched that film, they know you could fly through that a gap. No problem, because. Who's there? Who's there to block? I mean, there's no one. There's no one there. Um, I I will say that Ryan Kelly he had terrible, terrible run. You know, um, run blocking this year. He was he was stalemating nonstop. He was not getting upfield. He had someone in front of him, but if you're snapping the ball and you're not getting any steps forward, it does nothing. A stalemate and pass blocking, sure, that's great. We'll take that. I don't want you to get pushed backwards, but in run blocking, you got to at least get a yard or two off the ball because if there's nothing there, the holes don't create themselves. There's nothing to see. They're just filled gaps. So the running back doesn't have enough time to react. And we have shifty quick running backs like we do. We got to give them a chance to see these these holes um, open up. So it was definitely a bad situation to see that revolving during the A gap because I felt like Kelly was not able to truly let a play develop. Um, but again, like I said, it, it, if you're not getting any push off the ball, it, it means absolutely nothing. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I think that his regression has been significant. I know at the end of the 2021 season, he had a lot going on, but I, I feel like coming into the 2022 season, I thought it'd be a change of pace, but it's more of a lackadaisical effort. If you ask me in regards to what he did on the field i i just didn't seem like he was there and i know there's been a lot of talks of you know what we could do with him this offseason whether or not he would leave or whether he would stay i like to think that if i'm a rookie quarterback or if i'm the head coach i would like to have an experienced lineman who has had who has had success over the past i don't know that i necessarily want to go ahead and jump the gun and get a new center in there because that's a lot to ask for a rookie lineman or excuse me a rookie quarterback um but, you know, it's one of those situations where we got to have real life conversations with with the center, with the with the O-line coach. Go ahead. Well, it's like so I, I remember Ryan Kelly talking about he's been snapping the ball to a different quarterback yeah. every year. Yeah. So you have to think, I mean, that really means something. Uh, so is Ryan Kelly going to be our center of the future? If not. We may need to get somebody some experience under there if we're going to get a rookie quarterback so they can build that chemistry together. For sure. For sure. I, you know, if, if we don't have plans on keeping Ryan Kelly, you know, two or three years down the line, I, 
I yeah, I'd rather have somebody else in there, D- depending on who we get. I there's many uh, routes options that the Colts can take at this quarterback position. Like Gardner Minshew could be the starter mm-hmm. all next year. We could bring in Lamar Jackson. Hendon Hooker could be back there. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. I don't know. Maybe the Panthers draft Anthony Richardson or something. I, there's so many things that yeah. can happen right now, so we have no idea. But I do know that chemistry, that stability at quarterback and that center position, they have to be on point or we're going to see a lot of those fumbles from last year. We're going to see a lot of just – just it, it didn't work out. Like the play didn't even develop. They couldn't execute it. Things like that. I don't want to see that. A hundred percent right. I don't want to see that either. It, you know, and that's one of those things with the new quarterback. Do I expect these things to happen week one, week two? Sure. Yeah. Week three, maybe, you know, but you should be starting to clean that up. And I'm not again, I'm not saying that Ryan Kelly is 100 percent at fault with that just because I I could imagine when you're you know, you've been in stability probably throughout high school, definitely in college, Alabama. You have stability at the quarterback position. You you learn these guys. Um, so it's hard to sit there and change quarterbacks and learn, you know, learn new cadences uh with ball position all that stuff have to figure all that out week by week it's definitely a challenge um but i don't think that chris ballard moves forward or moves on from ryan kelly i'd like to think that he's been with us since what 2017 i am more than sure that ballard he he is definitely a uh how do i want to say it he is definitely a loyal guy when it comes to his players and if he feels like there's still some gas in the tank i think he's gonna let it ride out uh but like you said if this is a time where you decide you want to move on. There's no better time than the present right now, and to 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 move forward. I just don't see Ballard really making that move right now. Yeah, I I understand that. So you would bet on him staying with the Colts for quite some years. I I would think so. Yeah, I I don't think he's going anywhere at this point. Speaking of betting, let's talk about our sponsor at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, the biggest tournament in college basketball, is underway and. The action is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boost all tournaments long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. This is, I feel like I say this every year, this has been one of the wildest tournaments I've seen mm-hmm. for college basketball. Um, you, you see a lot of number ones and number twos going down. Like I said, my Texas Longhorns that I that I picked, that they still have a shot tonight against Miami. We'll see what happens, but <laughs> we, we've seen a lot of teams go down. It's been crazy. So... Look, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now picking up next guy, Raymond. And in his defense, well, I mentioned him earlier. I said he had a 71.4. Pass block grade according to PFF. When I look at that, you know, this is a rookie guy, like we mentioned, thrown to the Wolves. Um, and in and, and a time where other teams definitely understood how to exploit our offensive line at this point. They knew they knew what to expect. They knew we had subpar quarterback and they knew we had mediocre, you know, um, uh, receiving going on. They knew we had, you know, mediocre running going on for what it's worth. None, none part of our offense was explosive. Play calling subpar. They knew how to exploit this offensive line. We insert 
uh, Raymond there after we realized that the Matt Pryor project was done, that this experiment was completely over. A guy who who I'm sure has zero anticipation of starting the season, probably wanted to, but knew that as a as a guy who had only been playing offensive tackle for a couple of years, um, you know, probably wasn't going to be the starter. I, I like what he's done all season for us. I, I think that he grew a whole lot. He had a really bad game. I forget which game it was where he had like five penalties. Uh, but that was I just like to think that that was those those jitters, NFL jitters. I couldn't imagine what it would be like as a 20-something-year-old kid getting tossed in, you know, your first NFL game going against a great – I mean, you're playing left tackle, the most important position on the offensive line. You know you're getting these dogs coming at you the entire game. Oh, I'm just shitless. Yeah. That <laughs> is tough. Yeah. That is tough. It is a transition. Yeah, when, exactly. When you get thrown out there, especially the pass rushers he had to go against. And I felt like he he held his own on, on a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. So it's I, – I like him. I like he- him. He did. And that, and I was going to say, that's what I liked about him, because, you know, of course, he brought in Dennis Kelly as well. But I, I thought that Raymond did a better job because Kelly was a better like anchor for that or for that pass block. And he was able to sit there, but he wasn't as mobile. Raymond was uh, definitely more mobile. He was able to at least take defenders where they wanted to go. I'm, uh and it wasn't every single play, like I said, but he was able to at least be mobile enough to to let the, the play develop as much as it could. And I think he learned, he started to understand the pressures as the, the season progressed for him, which was good. I think that he definitely went up in value, in my opinion, um, versus some of these other guys. Jump on over to Quentin Nelson, his buddy, his partner in crime, left guard. You know, Quentin Nelson has been top-notch year after year after year after year. And this year proved to us that he is human. He's human. And I think that even with this subpar year, we've been spoiled. As I mentioned, kind of like like I've talked about with Jonathan Taylor in the past and all this stuff, we've been spoiled by generational play out of of Quinn Nelson. I mean, a guard who allowed four sacks over four seasons, played on average 1,000 snaps a season. Dude, that's, that's nuts. You know what I mean? Like this stuff that you don't see every year. And and Quentin Nelson, he's more of that bulldozer guy. I I when we talk about top guards, we look at the Zach Martins and these guys. Now, it's hard to sit here and compare Zach Martin to Quentin Nelson because they have two different play styles. You know, Quentin Nelson's gonna just he's gonna bulldoze you and, and, and just run you over versus I think the Zach Martin guys like him. They got the better handwork, a little better footwork there. So they're able to really get in front of their guy and and ma- control where they need to go. Big Q has just been a dog who just, like I said, he'll run you over. I mean, we, we've seen plenty of times Pancake Central. Um, but I, I like to think that we it was kind of like a shock overload this year for us where it was just so much going on. You got someone you're trying to learn. You got someone trying to learn the right tackle spot who's inexperienced. You got a center who is playing subpar, but then they're also trying to pick up for the right, gu- or the right guard who's not there. So Quentin's kind of on the island. He's having to pick his man. At the first level, the second level, then worry about the, you know, that um, a C gap and worry about the B gap or I should say the, the B gap and the A gap. So there was a lot going on for him as well. And that's why I said I felt like he kind of was just he was humanized for us this year where he was brought back to reality as a Colts fan, as we've seen, because we've been so spoiled by his play. So I definitely know that or I like to think that next year he will step it up to again back to a, a better level. Um, but I, I am not terribly terribly upset over what happened this year with him just because there was a lot going on that's a big ask especially when you got technically three positions out of the five 
who aren't who are not playing the way they need to at your left tackle, your center, and your guard. That that's a lot when you are that interior lineman who is that top paid one who was who who is known for getting to that second level. But now you got to worry about first level. Just problems. got paid though. I know, I know, I know. It just got paid. You're right. And he said, and again, he said even at the right before the uh, the the season started, he hated that it took so long to get paid and all this other good jazz so i still think that there was a little bit something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about because it does seem a little weird that the colts waited to pay him even though Ballard had already said that he knew that he was a 20 million dollar man all this other jazz all you know leading into the offseason of last year so i think there was still something going on that we don't know about and it may have transitioned over to this year i don't know um but or you know to this past season but it definitely is something where i think that nelson Knowing him, I think that he comes back this this year bigger and better. Get back to to his level we we expect from him. I I I hope so. I'm not gonna agree. I need to see it. I, sure, I'm gonna see it and believe it, guy. <laughs> um, but I I yeah, if I had to really bet on it, I, I'd say Quinn Nelson returns back to form. Um, we got new coaching staff in there. I'm sure you know the blocking schemes may be a little different with the new yeah. line coach. Uh, it it'll be fun to see, but I really hope like that's been the Colts. You know, one of their strong points. Mm-hmm. They always have a strong offensive line. They have a strong run game. You know, it. I I want to be. I want to go back to that. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. We we got to get back to that, man. There, like I said, when you think about that that PFF article. They said we were number ten coming into last season, but before that, the past years we've been number two. So I mean, you think number two offensive line in the league, and then you drop to number ten. That was already like a smack in the face. You're like, dang, we dropping eight positions, and then you actually drop to second worst yeah. or worse in the league. I mean, Jesus Christ, terrible. <laughs> it's I, terrible. I, if we're gonna pay this O line, I, I expect to see results. And uh, I expect to be way above average with with the amount of money that has been spent on this offensive line. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Next up, Braden Smith for us. You know, like I said, I don't have a lot to say about him. He he held his own. He seventy five. Oh, actually, he he was our best overall blocker uh, according to PFF. Run great, seven seventy five. Pass great, seventy five point nine. Um, he he did what he was supposed to do. Like I said, of course, we can't deny his penalties as well as his sacks allowed. Those were prevalent for us. But overall, I mean, I think that he he held his own for what it was worth. And um, I think that he can continue to to get better, especially if we get somebody at that right guard spot, Eric. Which kind of brings me into the draft. Because we got some work to do now. Of course, a lot of mock drafts showing us picking a tackle. Um, I don't know whether or not the Colts will truly go after the tackle or the guard spot. I do know if the Colts do truly go after the tackle spot, I personally feel like I wouldn't mind. Just my opinion. I wouldn't mind seeing how Raymond would be at the right guard spot. I think he could be a great interior lineman. I I think he possesses exactly what we need for someone who can have a support system on his left and his right. I And I actually think he would personally elevate Ryan Kelly um, because you would have two very strong guards there. We could focus on drafting a tackle out of out of the draft. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, even if we draft a tackle, maybe see him out moving the tackle down to, to guard. But for some reason, I just think that Raymond has what it takes to be a guard in this league. And, and like I said, I think he elevates the people around him. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what happens with that. But, you know, out of all that stuff, we have a rookie. We're going to be looking to have a potential rookie play caller, a new line coach, a new head coach. 
Majority of the pieces are there. We just got to figure out this guard and tackle position, which I feel like with Raymond at whatever spot he is, we only have to truly worry about one position. So, yeah. Yeah. If we if we trust in Ryman, it, it definitely sees that way. That That's why I, you know, speaking on last episode, we were talking about cornerbacks. I still think the second round should be reserved for them. I feel mm-hmm. like they're they're at a they're at a top desperate need right now. You know, I, I think we can get a tackle or a guard in the third or fourth round, but we'll see what happens. You know, I I I think Chris Ballard can find that value. He he's really good at finding players deep into the draft. We can we can find a lineman that deep, right? For sure. I would think so. Yeah, I would hope so. That was an excellent breakdown. It it feels like we only have one position group that has to prove <laughs> themselves after that. Um I guess we can we can dive into wide receivers because that's the second group that definitely yeah. needs to prove themselves. I, Jamal, I'll be brief though. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I believe it, it. In my opinion, yeah, wide receivers they they got to prove themselves this season. Like you look at the twenty twenty two season, most receivers wouldn't thrive in what was given to them. You know, with with our offensive staff with the players around them, the unseasoned chicken play calling, <laughs> God awful quarterback play. I, I, you know, I had to refrain from blaming the receivers. Like unless you put Megatron on the outside, I, I don't see it, man. I, I really mm-hmm. don't. And I remember predicting Michael Pittman Jr. could be a top 15 receiver the last season, 2022. I got a lot of shit for that. I really did. But I, I truly thought he had the ability to be a top 15. I mean, that that's almost just like better than half the receivers in the league. Well, not really, but you know, I, I thought he could translate into a potential wide receiver one for the Colts. Um, yeah. He had a thousand receiving yards with Carson Wentz. So you, you look at it, Matt Ryan's supposed to be an upgrade at quarterback, you know, another year of just progressing as an NFL wide receiver. Why not? Why couldn't he topple his numbers from 2021? Nope, definitely did not happen. You know? <laughs> so if we keep Michael Pittman, he has to prove to us that he can be a true number one option. That's Absolutely. what I think, because I, I think he's going to he, he he views himself as a number one option. He views himself as a wide receiver one. I don't think most of Colts Nation will agree with that. Um, I've seen flashes of potential. He's really good in that intermediate game. That's where we see him thriving, has that surefire hands, gets the yards after catch. He's really, he's really strong. Like he, he can take a hit. Um, he can, he can move those DBs with him. He's going to get those extra yards in the red zone. I believe he's a pretty good threat as well. Um, six touchdowns, uh, I think in 2021 and four last year, you know, we didn't score a lot of touchdowns in general. No. So he had four. <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, he just lacks the top line speed, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, if, if this year's, wide receiver class tells you anything there's not a lot of fast wide receivers and if you look at you know people overvaluing the 40 yard dash i mean just just think of all those fast receivers that are not playing in the nfl anymore wink wink john ross i i you know we we could go down the top 40 speeds and see those receivers are not there they don't play because you have to have more than just speed that's why i think route running is more important so then we look at Alec Pierce. I, I think he's that vertical threat we need. Uh, he's fun to watch. I, I want to see him get better in that wide receiver two slash three role. Uh, Got to see who we who who's going to be the quarterback under center for him. But Alec Pierce, you know, you throw throw the ball up, 
just on the go route down the sideline. It, it was either a DPI or he was getting it for 20 yards. Like facts. <laughs> you like to see those, like him winning all those contested catches. That was fun. That was fun to watch. Picked up Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, surely going to be Paris Campbell's uh, replacement. Going to be our slot receiver. Um, I I didn't really watch much of him in the Buffalo Bills offense, but I, I will tell you, I mean, Josh Allen, he can elevate those receivers. That offense with Sean McDermott around them. Um, like Gabriel uh, Davis mm-hmm. and Stephon Diggs, they, they were thriving as well. Um, so I, I would I'd like to see him thrive in our offense on the Shane Steichen system. I'm I'm gonna have to see what he's about. Maybe Ashton Doolin as well. You know, he's I I think he's underrated. Uh, he's mostly a special teams player. Uh, didn't really get a chance to see the field as much because Paris Campbell was there. You know, we got Pierce and Pittman. They stayed relatively healthy. Look, I I think he's an interesting name for the Colts to watch this season. Especially because I I don't know how much depth we're gonna add out wide receiver. I assume they take a chance. Uh, you know, I think Zay Flowers is probably gone and Jordan Addison in the first round. But if they somehow fell, you know, in their lap at at pick thirty five, I, I think I, I don't, uh, yeah, you might jump see it. him in the second. Yeah, you might see him jump it. Um, so we'll see. Uh, maybe they add more in free agency. I I don't think so. I don't think that's the that's the route. They probably take a shot. Uh, in the draft and then see where that goes. And, and then you, you forget about people like Mike Strawn. Like what, what is he going to do? He barely saw the field last year because mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had receivers above him in the depth chart, you know, mega Strawn. We we've had a lot of uh, <laughs> strong fans out there. Um, I thought he, he did pretty well in the preseason, but again, it's the preseason uh, coaches didn't feel like he, he needed playing time. We had healthy receivers out there. It just happens. It just happens. But maybe it's his time to shine. But all, all those receivers, you got to shine. Like, if we get Gardner Minshew out there and he looks like the competent backup slash starter that he was with the Eagles, or if we draft a ready, uh, you know, rookie quarterback or we bring in a, another veteran quarterback like Lamar Jackson, like, these receivers have to shine. I don't think there's going to be really any more excuses. So, I'm really excited to see what they can do this year. I think Michael Pittman's on a prove it year. I mean, his value is going to be going to be seen this year, whether it's up or down or stays the same. You know, I it'll be interesting. Alec Pierce, sophomore year. I don't know, man. It, it it's going to be fun, but I I also think they they have some stuff to prove. A hundred percent agree. They got some stuff to prove, and like you said, we're gonna we're gonna be possibly fingers crossed bringing in a quarterback who can elevate everything about the offense and and again that's where these receivers have to show up and show out there is no more time for this oh you know i'm the leading receiver well i'm leading the team with 700 800 yards like no you got it you got to have that thousand yard season like you have with the wins there got to be and the second player can't have wide receiver two can't have 450 yards and wide receiver one has 1100 like we need everybody all hands on deck getting the ball being able to get up throughout the field. So you're, you're right. I mean, these MPJs who have been comfortable where they are because there's no competition for what it's worth. Let's be real here. There's no competition. Um, these guys have to be, they have to play like they, they want that, that wide receiver one money. I mean, Alec Pierce, we, we, we've talked about how I think uh, Reggie said he hit that rookie wall and he's, he's teaching him these new tricks to, to elevate his game next season. You're going to need that. If we get a, 
Hendon Hooker, a AR, a Levis, a Lamar, someone who can who can throw the rock. You're gonna need to be on your A game because we're as much as I love those DPIs. I, I want to see you go up for that 50 50 ball, but you just bring every single one of them that you can down. You know, I I want to see that happen. I want to see I want to see these Ashton Doolins come out there and and do what he did to Diggs, play after play after play. So I think that the competency has to go up, like you mentioned, with with another quarterback coming in, and our players have to be ready to try to elevate this game to a whole new level because Colts fans demand that. I think Steichen and, and crew will demand that. Um, and and like you mentioned, that unseasoned chicken play call it is over. It's over. It's time to get real and have some fun. So it's an, it's an exciting year, man. I, I think that they definitely have a whole lot to prove, and it's going to start – it's going to start, man, freaking preseason. It's going to start when training camp starts. I can't wait to get out there and see if I can see these guys in action because it starts now. It, I mean, it, it, ha- it has to. It had to start I actually when Steichen got named head coach. You got to know, hey, shit's about to get real, so we got we got to figure it out. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, a lot of Coles fans are just hoping we get Marvis, Marvin Harrison Jr. Boy. next year. <laughs> that That's going to be tough. Um and then we got to see if Marvin Harrison Jr. is still that guy yep. at Ohio State with Al Stroud. Um, but there's a lot of—I feel like there's a lot of good receivers this year. You know, look at Jalen Hyatt. Uh, you saw what he did in Tennessee. Josh Downs. Um, I already mentioned Jay Flowers and Jordan Addison. If we somehow got a chance at Jackson Smith and Jeeva, I, I think he's the best receiver in the draft, despite yeah. the injury concerns. Uh, but yeah, it—I don't know, man. I really don't, but it'd be nice to draft another playmaker. But I feel like the cornerback position is yeah. looking a little rough there. But we'll see what Ballard does, right? That's right. We will see. We will Ballard see. and company does. But, guys, I think that's the two position groups that need, you know, not only improvement, but they have the most to prove this coming 2023 season. Um, that's going to be it for us, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Colts cast today. We're live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back next time to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care. Yeah, enjoy the weekend.